Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Just a quick warning, this podcast series contains discussions about crime, trauma, sexual abuse, drug use and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. I used to rob banks in the 80s and 90s and did 23 years in prison in three different states. It took 30 years to talk about the sexual abuse that happened to me and the spiral into crime, addiction and depression that all occurred as a result. Now, having turned my life around, I talk openly to inspirational people about trauma, survival, transformation and hope. I am Russell Manser and this is The Stick Up. Noda Hamden was a troubled youth that grew up in a tough working class suburb of Marrickville. Noda had a, a very big career in boxing, which led him to being a world-rated fighter and fighting for world titles. Nada today is a passionate advocate to help young troubled youth. Nada Hamden, welcome to the Stick Up. Great to be here, appreciate it. Mate, just tell us a little bit about where you grew up. I grew up in Maryville. Um, <clears throat> Home of the Maryville Mauler, Jeff Fennick. Yeah, he's, he was just down the road in uh, the next block of units. Um, you know, Maryville's a... I love growing up there. Yeah, working class area, a battler's area. Who like? What was the home life growing up? My grandma's great. You know, my parents are both working. Um, you know, doing their best, looking after us. Yeah. And who were your role models growing up? I don't really remember. Not, nothing that really stands out. No. But um, when I was a teenager, obviously the Rocky, the whole Rocky thing, and Rambo and all that type of stuff. Yeah. When did you take a genuine interest in boxing? A friend of mine was doing it. Um, his name is uh, Robert, and um, he was boxing. And we went there. I didn't. I didn't. Didn't like it. You know, I was. I'd prefer to. I still love street fighting. And I was a kid, and I was a quiet kid growing up. I was a kid that used to get picked on quite, quite a bit. Then one day, I just pretty much cracked it. I had a, I had a guy pretty much put a pole across the back of my head when I was fourteen or fifteen, and um, and I punched on his brother while he hit me from behind. After that, pretty much, I, I promised this that that would never happen again. Something happened to me in the in in the in the meantime, and at that age, fifteen, sixteen, I just became. I hated everyone. I hated the world. So, when did you? What, at what age did you start sort of getting in trouble with any social behaviour and that sort of stuff? Fifteen, sixteen. Is that when all the? Is that was the fighting and all that sort of started? That's when I pretty much Marvel. There's a whole lot of different um in every, all the different suburbs at that time. The thing called colour gangs, whatever that that thing, the media labelled it so. We, we were Marvel, just a whole bunch of guys from different backgrounds, all just um, hanging out together, and we got labelled a certain thing. We just, and we, we you know we ran with it, and and you know, it was it was what it was. We kids back then. That was Australia was really still a redneck sort of a place to be. Did you encounter any racism and that sort of stuff? Man, it was different to now. Now back then it was easy, man. Um, 
in Marvel it was different mix. Uh, we had Australian boys, we had Asian boys, we had Islanders, Polynesians, Europeans, everyone. We were mixed. We were, Marvel say they, they the media called our group the Marvel Legends, right? So yeah. Different boys from all walks of life: Portuguese, Greek, Chinese, um, dark fellas, Aboriginals, mm-hmm. Aussies. Everyone's we had, we had a good mix. And you like everyone sort of got on. And- everyone got on. There was no issues, man. Um, we had, we had a good mix of Marvel was um people from all different backgrounds. It wasn't like um certain you know areas where it's only one area there that no different. It had a real big reputation. I remember as kids, I like I spent a bit of time in the boys' homes, and there was a lot of a lot of kids in the boys' homes from Marrickville, Newtown, Erskineville, Redfern, all, all of those areas, uh, Wollamaloo, Waterloo, Glebe. There was a lot of blokes from those areas, you know. So obviously, there, you know, there must have been a fair bit of trouble there for uh, youth there. Uh, there was um, minimum four, five, six, seven fights a day. It was yeah. just the way it was, and and, um, and being a kid, just um, being an angry kid, it was perfect. What led you to get, in, get getting into trouble and end up in Mount Pen- uh, in the boys' homes? I don't know, man. Just a stupid kid, um, you know, just a just an out of control juvenile, just someone that wanted to be something and be someone, but not thinking about consequences. You know what I mean? Like just going on punching, having brawls, street fights with other gangs from other areas. Every area had them back in the day. And that's just just been just been the superior guys, you know, been been the been the best guys around. The, so you love winning, yeah, you know how it is. And um, but just punch on in the street, you know, we used to get punch on four or five. Seriously, no joke of a of a thing. We used to go everywhere and just punch on yeah. for stupidest reasons. Just someone looked at you wrong, gave it a dirty look, and that's it's on. That's it. As wow. a stupid kid, that's how it is, you know. Currently, we're hearing a lot about gangs in the news and media and that. And, and what do you what do you think those kids are drawn to joining gangs? I don't know. It's just, I mean, it depends what's happening at home, what they've been through, how, what they grew up with. Could be just lost, confused, angry at school, being picked on, or maybe just being there. Are they followers? Are they leaders? What were you? Man, I was. They call. I was a circle leader of the back in the day. They called me the leader. You know. I don't know. That's just something that people tag you with, and I yeah. guess that's just the way it is. But um, I was never a follower. I'm not a follower. Yeah. Even even these days, just, I've always done my own thing. You know, like when I got out of boys' home, I got been offered all those things. I didn't. I didn't follow. Mm. I, follow I led my own way. And it's like I told many guys when they get out, many young guys that you know we speak and I go, boys, listen, follow what you want to do. I go, all, I go. When I got out of boxing, all my old mates came. I go, and guess what? I told my, I, I went to my path. Everyone was upset. But in the end, all, all these same guys that I didn't, they came, they were my biggest supporters. They came to my fights. They supported me. They realized, shit, this guy's for real. You know, I, I follow my dream. You know what I mean? So everyone will respect that and they'll, and they'll support you. Yeah. I, I look at those gangs and it's like, I see, you're right, I see a lot of lost kids seeking out validation of a place to belong. And, you know, and a lot of them do come from dysfunctional families. Man, that's what it, like, I got family was great as far as my parents, but it's just that they were working. You know, you you know you you know you got your mates and you're hanging out all the time. You're in the street. Back then, you can hang out in the streets. Not like these days. Mm. Back then, like we hang out, you know, and man, it's just a bunch of guys hanging out, and then you get you get labelled. Mm. Then being kids, you get labelled. You want to live up. You want to live up to something. You want to live up to the label. Was there much police harassment back then? With the what was the interaction? Man, well, if you remember, in Glen Street, Marvel back in the day was a no go zone for the cops. That's 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 where we went to. Mm. There was no go zone. So we were, that that was the way we hung, we hung out. Out, that was a street there. So when the cop, they sent TRG down, tackle response. Yeah. And that's when the shit used to hit the roof. Well, and what what was the first home you went to? I was in Yasma. Yeah. Yeah, that, um. Yeah, I know Yasma. Yeah, it's on yeah. Parramatta Road. Haberfield. That's yeah, Haberfield, Haberfield, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was that for? Oh, man. Um, 
Yeah, uh, uh, a whole bunch of assaults and armed robs and all that kind of stupid things. <laughs> nothing yeah, serious. Nothing serious. It's just a stupid kid, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And um, how long did you get for that? I got out on bail and just kept punching on, keep doing the stupid shit. Eventually when um, I was on a freeway with my best mate, Jimmy Barricade, and we pretty much punch on with a whole bunch of coppers. And the copper actually pulled his gun out of Jimmy, and we were just 15, 16-year-olds. When, when he pulled his gun out of Jimmy, I pretty much just sw- smacked him in the mouth. He dropped his gun, he, you know, he was doing the wobbles. Mm. I grabbed the gun, shit myself because I never held a gun before. I've been a 15, 16-year-old, and I threw the gun away. You know, I just seen this guy pull his gun out of my best mate. You know, Jimmy Barrick yeah. is my best mate. So, And you're worried he was going to kill your best mate? Mate, he pulled the gun out. Um, you know, we're, we're kids, you know, we're, we're, we're in a stolen car, but I, I, I didn't, we, we didn't go to run no one over or kill no one. We were just in a stolen car being idiots, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're being kids. So this guy just pretty much a whole bunch of coppers chasing us and... And one of them pulls out the gun on Jim's out, boom, smacked him in the mouth, dropped the gun, and I threw the thing away. I shit myself, to be honest with you. I never touched a gun before mm. as a kid. And you would have got a bit of a sentence for that, wouldn't you? 18 months for that. Well, that's, in back, back in them days, that's a pretty harsh sentence. Yeah. So, I mean, I, they used to have sentences called general terms, which meant three months to three years, but you'd done three months. Yeah. But 18 months is a long... That's like doing 10 years as an adult. Man, I was back here. I, I know that they wanted to use me as an example to my local area because... I, reckon, I vaguely remember this. I remember vaguely when this happened, that went down, and I think there was a bit of... There was a bit of media publicity towards that, I think. There was a bit of... Yeah, there was. All around the Marvel time, all around the Colour time too, there was a whole lot of media publicity and doing this stupid shit on TV. And I'd been, being kids... Will, will happen what happy to jump on the news and carry on like idiots. So, was there yeah. repercussions from the coppers from it? They would have been pretty dirty about that. I was in the boys' home, so nothing happened. You know, I, I done what I done. I got for that a whole bunch of other crimes and bashings and assaults and arm robs. I got whole, I got like I did about three years in juvenile. Yeah, well, so you went to Yasma, then Min, then mm. I was um because I I did some damage. I, yeah, I bashed some kids and done what I did. Like, asthma, they, they sent me to Patterson House at Minda. Yeah. Patterson House back in the day was like the worst 10 yeah, yeah. juveniles in the state. Yeah. And we're like, in the th- it was a thing where like, you were in a room by yourself. Every three hours you'd move to the next room. By the time you get to the end, it's, it's bedtime. So. Yeah, I remember. I remember Patterson House. It used to be Patterson and Lawson, but they burnt Lawson down when I was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then obviously Mount Penang. Then I went to Juvenile, I went to Mount Penang and um, finished my time and yeah. There was obviously when you were at Mount Penang, there was obviously a change of heart in your, your, your sort of, because that's sort of where your criminal behaviour sort of ended, isn't it? I went to court, I punched on a whole bunch of, well, there was a prison a court officer named Larry O'Day. He was like a, the wrestler. The wrestler. He, yeah. well, I, was, I hammered him at, yeah. one, at one of my court sessions because he, he got really aggressive with me. So I just pretty much punched him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I got charged. You know, I got pretty much after that. I was um taken to court in the back of a paddy wagon, never with the adversity of juveniles. So. I remember Larry O'Day saying to me, he'd come and pick me up when I was at Long Bay. I say, you know him? Yeah, yeah. Larry O'Day, um, yes. Ronnie Miller. They, yeah. had, they had a few of the ex-wrestlers, TV ringside wrestlers. Yeah. And he said to me, if you try running away, because he had that voice, if you yeah. try running away, I'll break your neck. I mean, he was aggressive. So yeah. I pretty much just hammered him right there in, in, the, um, in the court lobby, in the elevator. Yeah. I hammered him straight into it, straight into him and... The whole the whole place erupted and oh, it was bad. It was not good. It was not good. My mum was screaming. It was just. And, and what's your relationship with your your parents, mate? You know what I mean. Obviously, your Lebanese Muslim background and them families are very tight. Families. Yeah, dad, dad, Syrian, mum Lebanese, and yeah, um, Islamic background. But yeah, my parents were like they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what the hell their son was doing. So it was like a big shock to them when all this happened. And I was um 
I was in a boy's home and the police visiting the house and I was one of those guys where I was just sitting down in the police station. My mum just jumped on me, started smashing me with her th- thongs, her shoes, the sh- picked up the chair for it at me and, and, and whatever she could get her hands on. You know, like, and the cops that stood there enjoyed it. They enjoyed that they, they let it happen, you know, and I just copped it and it's my mum, who cares, you know what I mean? Yeah. Your mum hits you, who gives you shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just take it. She got reason to, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you're breaking her heart, obviously. Yeah, pretty much. And she, she's still all shocked. My parents were shocked. I was copped it from both of them and took it on the chin, man. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's when I've done jail or boys' homes and everything, it was always the, the, the most supported inmates in there were the Lebanese or the, you know, the Middle East and their families. Part of the family trade is very, very supportive. That's how it is. And that's why I always... Um, that's part of the reason why when I got out, I never went back, you know what I mean? I never yeah. wanted to break their hearts again. So they supported me. They were, the, they were there for me the whole time from day one to the end. When it was like Mount Penang, you get some visit, you get visit every week. and Food? Like, Would they bring oh, up all the yeah, good food? My, my, my parents would bring up a barbecue, man. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so obviously back in, um, you know, and yeah, the, the boys would come, all, all, my, all my mates that were, you know, in, in our different companies would come, so always swing by for, you know, for, for a bread chicken, for a bread barbecue chicken or something, so... So when did the change of attitude sort of take place? Like, it was obviously Mount Penang was a, a like a, a place where that whole attitude, when you'd obviously had enough and you didn't, you seen yourself sort of heading a trajectory of, of crime and that, and you didn't want to do it. What, what happened? What was the what was the deal with the change mate, of just, attitude? Just 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 my parents, parents support, and also, mate, I don't want to be locked up, man. You know, who wants to be locked up? So yeah. I'm not coming back. And I'll let them know. But like the workers and that, a lot of the guys. Some workers are supportive, hundred percent, but some like you know, they laugh at you. You know what I mean? You, you and Bob Mirovic, heavyweight champ, Australian heavyweight Bob Mirovic, have got a real good band, especially on social media. Yeah. They're always taking the piss out of each other. Did you meet Bob when you were up there, mate? You know what? Um, I've met him, but not like I, I don't know who he was, what he was, and no, but he wasn't a youth worker back then. Yeah. So um, no, I don't know what you know. And like I was dreaming up, but luckily then, luckily then you were. I would, I would crush him back. I would crush him back. <laughs> I was like, jokingly, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um. Yeah. And so you got out of Mount Penang, and, and what happened, mate? You got a job? I got out of boys' home, and, and I went to saw John Lewis, because I saw John Lewis before I got out. Um, you know, John, Champion. Um, I love the guy. Um, Recurring theme on this podcast, Johnny Lewis. John Lewis, and um, I went to New York PCYC. Um, I kept my word, and I, so I went there and worked hard, man. And what, what took place? What did you say to Johnny? Did you, you had a dream? You had a goal? That's or? it. I just want a goal. I just want to fight. I want to fight. That's, I've, I, I've, I've done... I've done three years in, in boys' homes for punching on everywhere left, right, and I was I was in. This is what I used to do. This was what I was part of. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to jail. Um, when I was inside, all I wanted to do was fight in the, in the ring. You know, I mean, tra- I want to travel the world and fight the best fighters in the world and just give this sh- my my best. Just Johnny Lewis's presence, man. He just he love he man, he cares. He really really cares. He loves his boys and um and he's there for everyone. He's there for everyone. So when you got out, were you just solely work, uh, concentrating on boxing? Were you working? No, no, I just, I mean, you, know, you know, when I first got out, I had obviously being my background, being what I was, who I was, I had a lot of illegal shit offered to me. Yeah. To chase that, to do this, to do this, and earn a lot of money. I turned my back on everything. I turned my back on everyone. I turned my back on everything. And I had a lot of things given to me. I was in like runs, drug runs, whatever, make a lot of money. Hmm. I want that part of it. I had my dream. I, I, I just wanted to follow what I wanted to do. I don't be, I don't put my parents in that position ever again. That's admirable. That's really admirable. And those dreams and sacrifices, what were they for you? What were your sacrifices you had to make to chase your goal? Oh man, just, 
you know, obviously, like, um, friends. Yeah. M- money. What that kind of shit. But, um, For me, I've got to have these healthy boundaries. I say to people, don't bring that in my life. I don't bring that around me. I don't want it. Yeah, I was never heavy. I, I was, I'm, I'm very anti-drugs. I don't mm. like, I hate drugs. Very mm. anti-drugs. So, um, that's, that's always been easy. Yeah. Tell us about your first fight in the ring. Well, I've seen this photo of Stephen Pitt walking out, this young fighter. You've got the assistant trainer, him and the kid walking out. And it's like a rite of passage. You see this kid walking him out to conquer his yeah. fears for his first fight, win, lose or draw. Man, what was yours like? My first fight, man. Wow. Amateur pro. Amateur. <laughs> Amateur was just like wild, man. Just just wild. Just pretty much throwing down. Go for it. Yeah. Man, many of my early fights were just like just head up, throwing, like, throwing the punches and winning, you know. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously it takes a lot more than that. I remember going to the gym from Mount, when I was on Mount Penang. I went down to Central Coast PCYC when I first wanted to box. And they put me in with this boxer. I couldn't catch the guy. Then I think I sparred David Birchall was the first proper boxer I'd sparred. And he was like a he was like champion and all these different champions mm. and um, represented Australia all over the world. And I was like trying to catch this guy. And I couldn't catch him. It was just too quick. And I wanted to get hold of him and just crack him. But, <laughs> you know, boxing rules are boxing rules. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't catch him. This guy was doing all this stuff with his feet, moving. And he was, and on top of that, he was a left-hander. I don't know what the hell a southpaw was. Yeah. You know, to me, a fight's a fight, you know what I mean? You, you learn, you know what I mean? A street fight and a boxing match are two different things. Yeah. Um, you, know, you, you can grab guys in the street and just tear them apart or whatever. It's just two, two different things. The and discipline? What what was, you know, the discipline of, of the boxing itself? You can't have that that anger and you've got to be well well controlled, 100%, don't you? 100%, man. So, yeah, going, that's another thing. You, you lose that discipline, you're going to get knocked out. I look at your life today and, you know, from, a, from afar... And I, I, you know, you've got discipline in droves, you know. You've got to, you've got to, man. And is that where you picked up from boxing? Did you pick that up, that discipline? My father was a very disciplined person. Yeah. I got it in the end, as far as where he was trying to lead me. Yeah. And my father was a very big influence in my life. I love the guy, you know. Yeah. And um, so that kind of just, when I got out and he was there to support me the whole way with boxing, he's been there all my fights, every fight, in the dressing rooms, walking me out, and, and that's something I'll cherish forever. Yeah. Um. It's but, something that you're doing today with your own son. Yeah, I love you know I got three boys myself, and they're all athletes, and they're all they're all football players initially. Mm-hmm. Um, still, one's one still playing football at, at a high level. Um, my oldest obviously Hussey is five and I was a pro, and my middleman now wants to fight too. So what am my father done for me? I'm doing for them. You know, just what was your amateur career like? How many fights did you have I as an amateur? Fifteen amateur fights, 11, 11 wins. It was amateur boxing was not my style. You're more of a pro style banging. Yeah, because amateur style is more like straight punching and all that kind of stuff. I want to fight. When was your first pro fight? Pro, my first pro fight was um '97. Yeah, up the Gold Coast, and I didn't realize we were fighting Southpaw until I was in the ring. Mm. So and then I knew that shit. That's a Southpaw, a left-hander. Yeah, but thankfully I still won. Done my done my job. He was a he was a kickboxing champion, whatever he was, mm. boxer. So I did my job and had a good win. You, you end up having a lot of fights. You're like rated number two or three in the world behind De La Hoya. Yeah, a super welterweight. I was, I was like my early part of my career. Yeah, man, we you know we, we fought all the guys in Australia first. Yeah. And they were, they're pretty much the tough guys, you know. And then I traveled overseas and fought all over the world. But yeah, um, we, we, we tried to, it would have been great to get De La Hoya, but at the, t- at the same time where a couple of my mates in, in, in the gym had some big world title fights and really. Who were those guys? As in the guys in the world, in the gym fighting for world title. Shannon Taylor fought for the world title when I was there. Then Glenn Kelly fought for the world title. Um, Hussein, Hussein, and as far as um, Deloitte was a champion. Deloitte, the media, the, the the networks pick his fights. Yeah, yeah. I was just stuck. 
pretty yeah. much has got this religion of the sport. Frustrating, is it? Very. Right? I was there for a long time. We fought everyone in front of us. We fought another... We went to Japan, fought a supposed top 10 J- Japanese for an OPBF title. We beat him in Japan. I was supposed to go on to something bigger then, and then he ends up... The Japanese guy ends up fighting for the world title. Win, mm. Wins the world title. He's named Nobira Shida. So, I don't know, man. Just it's... Boxing's a... If you haven't got the right management, right connections are right. I don't know. There's a lot of things that go in, go on behind closed doors. That yeah, it's political. I can't right? control, you know. I look at you today and you, you just, this guy and you, 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 you know, you're really responsible. You're really hands-on dad and... Lead, you know, lead by example. Yeah. You know I mean, like I've been there, I've lived there, I've done that. I've taken my boys around, around, around the city for drives and showed them, listen, this is, this is drugs. This is what drugs do. This is what alcohol does to people. Because, you know, you see it everywhere. Mm. Drunk people, drugged up people, mm. people in the gutter. Violence, you know, mm. it doesn't take, you know, you ain't got to go too far to find violence. There's a big difference, isn't there, between what you did on the street and what you did in the ring? Big, huge difference, man. Yeah, so One's discipline and one's lack of discipline. 100%, couldn't sound better, man. Yeah, mm. Pretty much. As a kid, you're a kid, you don't know. Um, you know, hopefully, this, you know, we can get into some programs with the schools, teaching yeah. teach different things, teaching different ways, show and share our experiences the middle eastern people have copped a, a pretty bad rap off off the media and in particular the police the, you know it's, it's, it's evident that they get out there and get harassed out of bankstown and that sort of stuff you know what yeah, i mean yeah. and um i think for someone like yourself i just think that you've always been that guy that can calm things down angelo hyde a good mate of my boxing trainer danny green's boxing trainer he goes mate i'll tell you what no one plays up at the fights when nate is there we just have a lot of respect uh, like these days where this thing that you're talking about postcodes, yeah. I've always gone on with everyone. Mm. I've always gone on with it, whether you're a different faith, different uh, nationality. I live by the Islam teaching me people are two types, your brother in faith or equal in humanity. Mm. That, that for me covers all bases. I get on with everyone. I don't care what colour you are, what background you are, whatever you are. You're, we're human, you know what I mean? How important is your religion? Very important. Yeah, for me, yeah, it's a, it's a private thing, but also, you know, yeah, it's just the way you, it is. What it is, and I've, I've obviously I've I've done things on, you know, I've I've carried on at times in front of the ring, in the ring, I've been, but it's just all it's all part of the all part of the show, man. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah, you do things to be part of, you know, but then part of the entertainment, yeah, of, yeah, it's all part of it. I've seen a lot of my friends, like uh, blokes that have converted in prison, and they've found through Islam, they've just found this. Like, I, I can think of one bloke in particular from Newcastle and I just that guy is just he's picked up so much peace from that and he just said it's the best thing I've ever done he said I finally found what I'm meant to be doing it just gives me so much peace and um, Islam has copped a bad rap especially from the Americans over the years hasn't it it is what it is man you know sometimes we're out you know sometimes there are some that are their own worst enemies yeah and obviously the media is you know, scary you know for, for, for people that don't know yeah, but, yeah. Um, good or bad and everything and um, I don't know it's a, it's a difficult one because we, we do, we have copped it. Our women obviously been been the ones that copied because they're wearing their scarves and mm. all that kind of stuff, and they're they're visual. Mm. So they, 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 I feel sorry for them. They copped it definitely. But someone like yourself, no one's going to sort of not with your background or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, brothers and brothers in faith equals humanity equals in humanity. Yeah, I have a lot of conversations with different people, and that's always a topic I've always when they ask me about that. I always tell listen. One, two, three, you know? Yeah. And they love that brothers in faith and humanity. I go, that's Islam. You know yeah. what I mean? So people don't see that because they see the news shows, someone like people like ISIS, all that type of evil, you know what I mean? Mm. ISIS got nothing to do with Islam. Mm. ISIS is, is, filth, is, is evil. How do you incorporate your religion into your boxing? Man, it's just, it's, it's, religion is just life. Mm. You know, I could just say a prayer and that's, 
And that's, that's it. That's the jumping ring, say little so, prayer and skid on, was it? For safety and the safety, safety of your donor. 100%. I was going to say the first surah, surah fatah, and everyone knows what surah fatah is. Except for me. What is um, it? It's it's a burst, it's a first um it's a first surah of the Quran. It's very universal. Yeah. Basically about God being the most merciful, mostly giving. But yeah, I'll, I can, I'll show you the, the thing later on yeah. in English so you can read it and see what... What it, what it means. It's it's easier that way. Yeah, yeah it's hard sure. for me to explain it to you. You talk about taking your, your boys around, showing them what you know, pe- what people on drugs are like, and alcohol and violence and that. And was there ever any a, a, a time where you you know you were worried about you know they may have went uh, that way? May thankfully I'm I'm blessed, but um, say my oldest my oldest son finishes football, he's as in soccer. He he you know got into hanging out with his mates, so I pulled him up, and he's always wanted to box, and I've I've tried to keep my boys away from box, and I just. I just don't want to see it again, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see. I don't want to smell it again. So I seen him hanging out with some boys, and you know, doing doing us boys hang out. Do I go listen? Come here, come here, come here. You want a box, yeah? And he's like, yeah, I want to. You know, I'm hanging to dad. Mm-hmm. I go, all right, let's go. So he went to a gym, and pretty much, I go, listen, you want a box? No more hanging out. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be too tight to hang out. Mm. You know, you want a box? Yeah, it'd be hard to get around you because you know all the danger yeah. zones. So the good thing is, he went to the gym, never looked back. Yeah, I never seen him hanging out ever again. Yeah, that's a relief. And, eh? and yeah, and so it's too easy for our boys to just fall, you know, into into a wrong crowd, unfortunately. So that's why all my mates and that always advise them, boys, put your boys straight into sport, your daughters straight into sport. But as yeah. kids, let them love, respect their bodies, mm. what they put in their bodies. So because you know, drugs is everywhere. Drugs is just everywhere and people are pushing it and it's just mm, crazy mate I feel sorry for this you know, young guys growing up with the, it's, just, it's everywhere as I said I'll just touch on what Mark Burrisy said you know this guy this Nader Hamden man he's just he wants to get involved with you know you doing helping youth he said you know yeah, I'd, I'd love to um, like for instance I've, I've spoken at schools you know try, yeah. there's always a 5% at school yeah, that think that they know everything. That, you know, like what I was. You know, the toughest guy. You know. What would you say right now to a fifteen-year-old version of yourself? Oh wow! I'll just take him and show him. Mm. I'll just take him and show him because talk is cheap. What would you show him? Mate, just show him what I, what I, what, I, what I went through. Yeah. Show him where I went. Yeah. Um, where you're gonna be if this doesn't stop? You know what I mean? I love to go. I love to go to some cool schools and just get these young guys. Get the get some contacts with juvenile justice. Take them into the juvenile justice centers, show them where they're going to eat, sleep, and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, show them what it's all about. It's um, not fun, eh, mate? It makes it boring. These kids glorify this, whatever, this culture of these kids that are, no. they're glorifying being locked up and it's like a, a rite of passage or a trophy or mate, whatever. I've been there, I've done it, and I was one of the lucky ones, you know, as far as like, I've I, I got my way around people, you know, but um, not all do. Mm. Most guys get in there, get their heads stomped on get head kicked in yeah. get stood over for whatever may you know like you get you get kids going they, they have visits come back to their thing with their food you see someone so bang straight away the food's gone yeah, yeah whatever they got for visits is gone yeah they get stood over you know what i mean so, so when you're on visits you, your family often can bring food up. yeah definitely like mountain yeah you yeah. know you get stuff like that you know so you know you get the weaker kids or say the 80 80 70 percent of the kids they get stood over. Mm. You know, so. How old were you when you had your first pro fight? I had my first pro fight at uh, 21, 22. And who was training you then? And I turned pro with Jeff Fennick. Mm. Um, I was with John Lewis as an amateur. Yeah. He had a, he had a good amateur stable. Um, Nadal Hussain was yeah. with um, and Pierre Caran. Like, the boys came up to spa once, and Pierre Caran was an established professional. He was from Melbourne, Pierre. Yeah, 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 and he ended up with the Kronk Gym in, in um, I think it was LA. Yeah. And Detroit. That, yeah, Detroit, wherever it was, yeah. 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 So 
he come up and um, we had a, we were at a spa and I was the one of those walk up tough guys. Yeah. And the guy touched me up. He had an awesome jab. He's a big boy, long arms. Touched me up, and I just kept coming. I kept coming. I just, that's me. I just keep coming. You know what I mean? Mm. And and I'm just I spoke to Jeff and told Johnny what we're doing. So Johnny, you know what I mean? Johnny, I love the guy. You know. So and Jeff's always someone. He was my like I said, he grew up in Marvel. Someone always. And I, when I was in the boys' home and I read his book autobiography, that's when I knew what I wanted to do when I got out. Yeah. I was in a boy's home, man. I was like, what am I going to do? I read this Jeff Fennick autobiography was in there. I go, man, I'm going to fight when I get out. You know, fucking, that's what I was in for. All, I had about 18 assaults to my record. I go, man, let's just fight, get paid for it. Yeah. Travel the world and do what, and do our best, you know, win some titles, carry on, you know what I mean? And what was it like? What was it like training with, you know, someone who you idolised? It was great. Jeff Jeff was awesome. Jeff was, um, as far as when we had the first spa, we had, we had a chat. And, um, you know, obviously he'd heard about me. Training Jeff was great. It was a great atmosphere. You had the same brothers and et cetera, et cetera. And then, I couldn't they bang. No, it was great. It was with Danny Green was with us too. Yeah, yeah. He, Danny Green ended up with us. Sakyo Bika ended up with us. So we had a great, great Shannon Taylor, those guys. Were you on the contender? Yeah, that was later in my career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, that was, just, that was later in my career. I was gone. Forget about that one. <laughs> I'm not a five round fighter. I'm not a sprinter. That's a fight. that was like a five round format. Yeah, I've been fighting twelve rounds since 1997. Yeah, endurance. I'm not, I'm not a sprinter, man. So it's not me. Let's let's talk about them first. Five or six pro fights. Who were they with? Who was your first pro fight with? My first pro fight was a was a kickboxing champion. I think his name Gadget Zorko, and oh, really? he was a southpaw. I don't know. I don't know what a southpaw was. Yeah, uh, I knew that. I knew Rocky. Yeah. He was southpaw. I don't mm. know that they were left handers. Yeah, and anyway, we got in there. We won. Mm. Yeah, we boxed him and we won on points. Yeah. Then the second fight was over here. I think it was um over at uh, Bondi RSL. And we had a good win there. Stop! I think I stopped the guy. That's when I started stopping guys. That felt good, eh? I love stopping guys. It was fun. It was. It was. You know, just finish early. It was great. You know. So that. But then I broke my hand and in my state title win against Abel Parker, who pretty much has one of the hardest hardest heads in boxing. <laughs> broke my hand hand on, and we pretty much punched on for ten rounds. Was I broken hand? I had to. I had. Yeah. I wanted to win that. That was my first top title as a, as, a, as a professional, my state New South Wales middleweight title. And the crowd was going crazy. The Newtown was packed. Newtown RSL, if you remember that place. Yeah, yeah. Packed to the rafters, and it was just going off, mate. It was a hell of a fight. He was a hell of a fight. He kept coming, coming, coming. I kept punching his head in. I don't know. I, I look at boxing, and it's that. It's just you and him. Your mind versus his mind. Your will versus his will. Pretty much. And who's ever will falters, loses. It's just who wants it. You know, see, it's like the will. It's who wants it more, who's done more work, who's done the harder work. And, like, once I, bro- I broke my hand in that fight. What's going through your head? You're fighting old mate with a broken hand. What's going nah, through? A lot of, nah, I just want to win. Yeah. That's all that's going through your head. You want to win. Are you feeling that punch? Oh, yeah, you? yeah. Every time I use my right hand, I was feeling it. And for, my state title, I think, was my sixth or seventh fight. I stopped five or six guys before that Yeah. early. Then this guy comes and I go, I'm doing a 10-rounder. But lucky, like Jeff and he goes, we, we train, we train. He's known so for his fitness, eh? Regardless if you're a knockout artist or if you're not, you know you're going to go in the ring, you know you're doing 10, 12 rounds. You train for 10, 12 rounds to yeah. do them. And I got another 20, 10 rounds at a hectic pace. Yeah. And I won and it was a comfortable win. It was a good win. And dude's got a, what a head, man. Dude's got a, like a bull head, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go on. So when did you win your first Australian title? First Australian title was 1998 against another undefeated Australian. 
named Lim Jekka for the Australian Super Waterweight, George Unimiraway yeah. title. Where was that at? Star City. Star City was a great venue. I was to fight. there. I loved, I loved fighting at Star City, man. It was, was a great there. venue. Great I was there venue. with Jeff's brother-in-law, Clint Foster. Yep, there you go. It was a great venue. Great. Um, that was pretty much a... I just got out of jail wow, after, after eight years. Wow, look at that. That was a great fight. The crowd was going mad, and it was a great venue. And you've you've always had a parochial fan base, haven't you? You've had a really good fan base. Mate, I've, I've always I've been blessed because I've I've gone with everyone. Like I said to you, no matter background, religion, whatever, what area you're you're from. When I used to fight, everyone used to come. And like all my mates, I had guys that come that hated each other. But call the truce for the night. Yeah, I've, I've heard of this. Yeah, I, I can remember one time there was a bit of drama in the crowd. And I think you were in the ring and you and you yelled at blokes we'll to, to stop. Yeah, we had to. You know, just it, you know, it is what it is. But um, and out of respect, they stopped. Out of respect, you know, and I, was, I love them for it. You know, what I mean, because that's how it is. Everyone's in there for. We used to come. I want to give them a show. You know, what I mean, yeah, we used to go there, punch on, in the ring. The punch on's in the ring. Everyone celebrates the win. We all let us support each other. You know, what I mean, and I don't know. I'm turning on anyone. We're here for a good night. Just enjoy the night with Star City. It's a hell of a venue. I know there was a whole lot of um, uh, what you, surveillance going on because yeah, yeah. it was a it was the hectic in them days. Huge surveillance stuff. Like the 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 up in the roofs, everyone knew that, so mm. everyone had to just pull up a bit and just enjoy your night. You know what I mean? It must feel good to be able to accomplish a win and sort of give so many people satisfaction. Like you know, because everyone's like barricade. Everyone's going for their fight, and they just everyone's there's so much joy when your fighter wins. I still love it. I still love hearing my guys, man. It's great. I love my supporters. I love my fans because they just, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd be in the ring. It's did, not, you, you, did you hear them? Oh, mate, you hear them going off. That's how much. That's how. That's how much they used to lift you. Mm. And you know, things aren't going well. But then you just you hear you hear the you hear the, you hear the yeah. all that, and you start punching. You start going for it, and it's on. And you're copping it. They're copping it, and they're loving. The crowd's going mad because I had a lot of I had, I had a lot of um fight fight of the year. That's where that your nickname Lionheart. Yeah, I had a lot of those type of fights where I used to give the crowd the fight they wanted. So, so the fans just loved. I was lucky, you know. I mean, it was not that I was lucky. I had broken hands. I couldn't knock guys out, so I used to punch on. Yeah, I used to punch on and just keep punching on. That's a that's a different type of toughness when you you fight and you're beating punching someone in the face with a broken hand. Who give you the nickname Lionheart? I don't know, man. They because they when I was when I was coming up, they called me a couple of different things. First, I was called Mr. Assignment because of the style. Hmm. But then I go, listen, man, I go, that sounds more like a porno movie, bro. It's got to change. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like funny. Was, you know, and I started laughing, you know. Yeah. And then they come up with Bad Boy because yeah. of my background yeah. and, and, and my back, where I come from, you know, oh, yeah. my upbringing and boys' homes, etc. I go, boys, come on, man. Then Lionheart came. One of the, someone's Lionheart. Run with that. I like that. I like Lionheart. Lionheart's yeah. a, you attack my line, you fight with a lot of heart. That's fine. That's, that's, that's what I used to like. My 12-round fights were like that, you know what I mean? So Yeah. You know, I used to have a lot of wars, and that's where it came from. Yeah, well, you, you went right up. You got, you know, you got rated, well, you're well rated. And that must feel pretty good to look in a boxing magazine and see your name in the top three and four in the world against and, and, and the caliber of fighters that you're sitting behind. Oh, I was the guy that the many said they would have won an Australian title. Yeah. I was the guy many said would have won an Australian title. Do you like proving people wrong? I love it. That was, that was gold. Ask Jeff Fennick, you know what I mean? Yeah. He'll tell you. you know, just say, he would have believed in you. I was about that. No, wait, this guy, because in my, just, I was a walk-up fighter. Just, yeah. I used to eat more punches than give, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was a hungry kid. I used to eat a lot of stuff, you know, eat a lot of punches. So yeah. he, I used to work hard, man. I used to work super hard. You know, street fighting is just all boxing ring. Where does your work ethic come from? It's, one, man, it's a desire. Well, you want, want to be the best, want, wanting to win all these. You know, my dad, my dad being you know, there, being a, being a strange champion, smack my dad 
proudest punch, you know what I mean? Obviously, I, I let him down coming growing up. I let him down big time, obviously. And part of your boxing career was sort of making peace with your dad? Oh, man, no, no. Me and my dad, was, my dad's the most peaceful guy in the world. We're always at peace, but still, I felt I let him down. You wanted down. to make him proud? I wanted to make him proud, and being Australian champion made him made him that, you know. He was very proud of me. When I won the Australian title, he was the happiest guy in the world that night, so. Wow, what a great achievement. Boxing took you to some different countries. Where did you go to? I went to Japan. I went to Germany many times, Croatia, yeah. Canada. America, so I've seen a lot of different parts of the world. But you wouldn't have pictured yourself seeing in places that mm. when you were that troubled kid. No, 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 man. I, I was dreaming about those places. I used to dream about going all over the world, you know, fighting and. Uh, here, here you are living the dream, mate. That's it, man. Give me your best. What was your favourite country? I love Germany. Yeah. Maybe because I've been there like three, four times, but they're nice. It's like a mixture of people. Multicultural, yeah. Very multicultural. Very multicultural. So, um, and they put us right in the multicultural area. So it was, yeah. it was food was. The food is oh, great, yeah. <laughs> That's what I love here, this, this area. I yeah. love coming here. I'm yeah, straight down to Lebanese food. Fadam is up the road, man. That's where we're going. Yeah. And you got right up the rankings and, 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 and you know, it get frustrating because of the politics in boxing? Very, very frustrating um, to the point of just, I left that division and I moved up to another division and challenged a world rated guy and I just wanted to fight the best guy in the country. And I did at the time and he got me on points. I went up from super welterweight to middleweight. Gym, yeah. To middleweight, and I, and Sam Solomon was world rated, but I dropped him with a great shot early. I thought it was over. Turned around, going to the corner, turned around. The dude's up, you know what I mean, with this weird look yeah, on his face. Super fits. Yeah, yeah. So I pretty much switched off, and and uh, he got me on points. Yeah. So um, he's still fighting. He's fighting a few weeks ago. Well, so. Yeah, he's a madman. So yeah. he's, a, he's a super fit guy and loves being fit. And he won the world title. And congrats, and congrats to him. Your well-known battle with Josh Clemshaw and fellow Mount Druida. <laughs> Mate, you've, you guys fought four times. And what I find amazing about that is the friendship you guys have had. It's obviously, um, there's a lot of love for each other yeah, these definitely. days and a lot of respect and um, you know what I mean. But tell us about them four fights. I love the guy. Um, let's keep caught. Mate, the first time I was, first time I ever knew, knew of him is I was, I was at Bankstown Sports Club. I had a fight there, bashed the guy, knocked, stopped some guy. Then I get this guy... From Mount Jewel, jumping in the ring with his posse, calling me out in front of my crowd. Man. Bad place to do well, it. No, but could, he, go, could go wrong, too. That shows you the dude, dude's got balls, man. Yeah. He got hard, he got balls. This guy just don't give a shit about anyone. He yeah. jumped in the ring, calls me out. He's a legendary street fighter yeah, out there. Yeah, Mount yeah. Drew. I hear that I hear that about him. So it's on, man. That's it. It's on. I don't really, yeah, I couldn't wait. First fight, obviously. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, got, I love you, the guy. I don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to downplay him, but yeah. you beat him. I, I, I beat him. I beat him well. And, um, and to his credit, he got he um, he won an Australian title. Um, and to his credit, he called me straight out for a second fight. He wanted to beat me. <laughs> he wanted to beat me. You know, I was a, I was the first guy. I took his I, hey Josh, I took you out. You know, I took, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, he was undefeated. We were both undefeated, and I took his out. And and he won an Australian title. And to his credit, he called me straight out for a rematch. No problem, man. I took his Australian title as well. <laughs> Four times. And then the third time he had an original title, I think it was. And why not? They kept paying me, man. I'm going to fight this guy, bro. They kept paying me. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so we fought again. And uh, man, he just, he, he, the guy's got hard. He's got balls. The guy just keeps coming. Yeah. Doesn't stop, man. He's got old school fighter, man. You Much respect that, to him. You've got to love that, eh? Much respect to him. And, the, and, and, and you were talking before that your kids and his kids have trained together since you since you're both retired boxing. Yeah, I can, because the, the boys are with, um, with Jeff. Yeah, the, yeah. So yeah, thankfully no, no more Hampton versus Clinchwars. Falls yeah. enough between us, clan, between the clans. So 
There's a legendary story about Josh having a fight with some bloke at the pub in Rudy Hill, and he takes his fongs off. Yeah, and he just slapped the bloke up with his fongs, and mm-hmm. dead said humiliated the bloke no doubt. with his fongs. That's Josh. Yeah, that's, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. It's it's funny that you can jump in a ring and and have this war with someone. That's that's the beauty about boxing, and at the end of a hug each other, just have respect, the, man. It's called respect. Mm. You know, you're both in there for the same reason. Mm, isn't it that's just amazing it is, it the friendships amazing. that are formed yeah, yeah. definitely definitely. There's, there was a couple of pounds I turned my back on because I just they're shit people mm. you know you know they're shit people I'm not going to mention names that's yeah, it yeah. I turned my back on them didn't, never, yeah. I'll never acknowledge and you're them. big on that you're big on people with morals and integrity yeah, yeah you know? I mean yeah I've, I've, most of my like 60 opponents say 50 I mean, what was your record yeah. oh wow 60 I think 45 wins one draw and whatever yeah wow um, but most of my opponents were good mates man most of the guys most of my guys that we punch shit out of each other after that we're good mates man yeah we're still in touch if anyone wants to see a funny parody look on Facebook and um and look at Nader's interaction with Bob Mirovic yeah well I'm on a 30 day ban now because of that interaction because I said as a joke I'm going to run you over and, 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 and reverse over your head so <laughs> you know you know, we always and you de- always find photos of some bloke in a pair of speedos and don't they go- look like Bob <laughs> do not do they not look like Bob yeah yeah, yeah. You know, I've had Bob he just hates it there's a guy there's a guy in, in G-strings yeah, it looks like Bob. <laughs> he, I put a poster at once. Um, I'll, I'll never do it again because he's, 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 that's it. He upset him. So, Bobby, I ain't, I ain't doing it again, man. I swear, no one's going to see this photo. I still got it. It's not going to go nowhere. I promise you. I promise you, it's gone. But it's a good, friendly banter that you have there with him, obviously. And it, and, and, and it's and you can also see that there's a lot of respect for each other, definitely, a lot of love man, and respect. Definitely. I think you'll see all fighters respect each other. You see, yeah. every time I see a fighter and when we're around, yeah. we always acknowledge each other. You know, we know who you know. You know who you are. You know what I mean? The we warriors. Know, we know what we've done. We know what we've been through. Yeah. We know what we put our put our bodies through to yeah. get to that level where you're punching and punching on. It's not easy, man. Yeah, it ain't. It ain't easy stepping up in front of all these people and going for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a special sort of club, isn't it? It's a, it's, it's it's special. You're a young bloke, man. I've been I've been following his career. You know, as soon as I seen the name Hamlin come up, I went, okay, well this this will be this will be interesting. How much joy does it give you seeing him? I love it. It's just um, he works hard. He puts in hard. He's 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 a hell of a better fighter than I ever was. I know that he puts in a lot. I love what he's doing. I love yeah. There's a bond there. There's my boy. You know, I, mean, I yeah. love him to death. And now he's, the whole boxing thing takes it to another level. And he's been trained by your old trainer. Yeah, he's training with Jeff, and you know he trains between Jeff and he was with Vakaway. Now with Jeff, my, my, my I got my younger boy boxing now. He's with Vakaway, so I got one with my my trainer Vakaway, one with my yeah. other trainer. These are my two trainers in my career. Yeah. As a professional, so mate, uh, your young bloke's headed in the right direction. You know he's got good people around him. Yes, Mark Burris talks really highly, loves him. Thankfully, he's a good man. He's a good boy. Um, he's, I can't call him boy anymore. He's a man. He's twenty-four. Yeah. He's a good man. Um, he's got his head on his shoulders right. They're good boys. That's the main thing. They're good boys for me. Yeah. They know they, they get on with everyone. Respectful. They're respectful. That's what it's about for me. You're known for that, Nada. I appreciate In boxing, that. boxing circles, my good friend Angelo Hyder loves you. I love um, Angelo. <laughs> Good guy, funny guy, and um, career would not have been the same without H Man. Yeah, love the guy. Well, touch on what's your ambition? Where do you want to go? You want to sort of get involved in working with youth, and I see a lot of this bullshit going on these days. You know, postcode gangs, all these different gangs, drugs. I hate drugs. All this bullshit. You know, um, I know, I know where I came from. I was, I was just an angry, I was an angry kid, and I went through what I went through. And like you know, eighty percent of youth or ninety percent of youth, from what I understand, and I've read up on, go from juvenile straight to jail. No, 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 many guys get out of juvenile. You break the cycle. You know, yeah, there's like say it's eighty, ninety percent go back to jail. They go, they just move up to jail, you know. 
And I also want to try to get into schools, you know, and share my story. Get the focus on those 10, 5, 10%ers at schools and try to get a program where we're going to, going, taking them to youth centers, jail, to show them this is their reality. Because, you know, the guys obviously think it's all cool. Like, you know, like we all think boys' home is, you know, you go boys' home, you're tough, blah, 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 you know. I went to the boys' home. I've done all the boys' home. Not many guys go in there and clean up. I know if I was a kid and someone like yourself come in, I'd be all ears. I'd be listening because I know. I've been there. Because one thing about those kids, they've got a good intuition. They know they can smell our bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And no, they'll know from your presence that this bloke's fair income, and they'll know from your reputation. That I can share real stories. I've been in the boys' homes. I've been in the brawls. I've been in the fights. I've you know the, the shits hit the roof in the dining room, in the gym, wherever it may be, mm. with youth workers, without youth workers, with, mm. and I, the I, politics. You know, I can help guys. I can. You're speaking their terminology. People got to hear about that reality. Young kids got to know, bro. You go there. You're you're at you're at their thing. You're at their mercy, man. Yeah. You you got to yeah. eat shit and sleep when they tell you to eat shit and sleep. Yeah. You know, you leave your thing when they tell you you can leave your thing. You're a redemption story. You're in a, basically in its purest form. You're this guy that was this troubled youth that had a, a wake up call when he was in there and decided, look, I I, I don't want to go down that road of jail. And I told them all, I'm not going to jail. They like a lot of guys, yeah, right, whatever, blah, laughed at me. I got shows, man. You know, that shows the respect you had for your parents. And that was a big deciding factor, wasn't it? Mate, you know, when, when, when you're in a boys' home for three years and your parents are supporting you and come and visiting you every every week or if not every second week, that's, you know, that's... And plus you, you got a thing where I don't want to be locked out. I don't want to turn in the doors, locking me in my room every night. That's, that's not life. Yeah. I want to be free, man. I want to... Like now, you know, I'll, just, I'll do, what I want to, do what I want to do, you know what I mean? What's the importance of good parenting with these kids? Man, just be there for them. Yeah. Be the be, be, you know, be the best, mate. I'm very, I'm, I'm blessed. You know what I mean? Um, and also, like I told all my mates, as far as um, you know, I okay, listen, boys, put your, put your boys straight in the sport as kids. Mm. Let them love Get their, them let them love their bodies. Let them respect their health. Let them respect their. This is, this. The you temple, know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so um, and so then like whatever. By the time they grow up, and the shit is given to them, like you know, because every every kid or experiences the the temptation of drugs. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully. A kid goes in a sport as a kid, young, when they grow up to the point where something happens, a temptation happens, they respect themselves. They're a leader. They, they, they say no. Kids that do little athletics yep. have got like a 40% less chance of doing jail and boys' home. Wow. Kids that are a combination of little athletics and swimming or, sport, that, or a team sport. Well, my boys did like little, little athletics. Well, I put them in little athletics. I had them down at Dick Kane's swimming. Yeah. I had them with all, you know, all the football clubs, local yeah. football clubs. So sports important, man. I, would I think so. Give them direction. Let them respect their body and let discipline. Them, obviously, different mates, different walks of life will have the drugs. They'll yeah. see it. They'll come across it, but they'll be up there enough to say no. That's, that's what you want. That's, that's, a, that's what we need. That's what. And we that's need the to ultimate do. respect to you as a parent. That's what we need to teach our kids, man. Mate, you're passionate about helping youth and everything like that. What have you done to explore this pathway that you want to go down? But I've, I've done a bit of work with my local. Police Area Command mm. And I've, we've done some stuff At schools together with them I've done police workshops But I've, I've done a lot of things Where That's personal growth For yeah, you Yeah definitely Personal growth For you You know you, you look back on And your interaction With the police as a youth I hated and, them I used to hate police I used to just Every, every chance I had I'd, I'd, If I could hurt them I'd hurt them And that just shows Enormous personal growth That you have grown enough to be able to sort of take that take that step and be able to work with them, you know. I was an angry kid, and I say cops, and, and then growing up, you realise, man, well, not all the police are the same. It's like mm. like, it's like people, 
We're not all the same. Yeah, it's good, good and bad. bad and everything, you know. So I've got many police officer friends. They're very passionate about helping and doing the right and doing their best for their community, you know. So no matter what background. I'm getting a, a, a bit of work in that. So I really, I'm getting a few things come my way in regards to working in the jails and That's in awesome. the boys' home. So I really want to pull you into it. And I, 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 you know, I really love it. I just, I love what you're doing, Adrian. That's the plan. I'd love to, yeah, get into schools and grab and, and get those kids and, and show them, talk yeah. to them first. Then let's, let's try and take him in, man. Show them. That's where they're going if they don't pull up. Nader, Hendon, uh, thanks for coming on the sticker, mate. Really appreciate it. Champion, mate. Always. Thank you very in much, and out man. of the ring, mate. Much appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank so you. are you, man. Look at you, bro. Proud of you, man. Well done. Just a boy from the Druid, mate, having a crack. Aren't we both? <laughs> from, you're from the Druid, I'm from the Ville. So too easy, too easy. <laughs>